A farmer went out to sow the seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the fowls of the air came and ate it up. You might think, am I doing a communion message here or am I talking about sowing and reaping? I don't know about you, but I can't separate it. In the parable of the sower and the seed, the fowls of the air refers to Satan. How often have we saved our money, our time, invested in helping someone only to have the devourer come and try to convince us that we have done wrong or that it didn't work or lay the guilt on us. On Tuesday night, we were serving the homeless out in the caravan or in the rest area uh, just near the university. And I felt the, the enemy just attack me on that night and say, what you're doing is not producing any fruit. What are you doing this for? And then the Lord stepped in and he said to me this. I heard him say, the greatest worship is that you feed the widows, the orphans, the homeless. That is true worship. And I sort of straight away went, we're actually worshipping God. This is awesome. We're worshipping God. In Jesus' time, let's go way back because we're talking there about the parable. But if we go back to the beginning of time in Genesis 15, the Lord said to Abram, bring me a heifer, a goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him. He cut them in two and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. And then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. This is exactly how the devil works. And he has worked like that from the beginning of time. So even in the Old Testament, Satan had anything to do with us having a relationship with Almighty God. So notice the words in the scripture. Abram drove them away. He did not just yell out, shoo, shoo, go away. He drove them away. That requires effort and it requires force. So when you make an offering to God, it links you to the supernatural and it forms a covenant with God Almighty. It is no different with Jesus Christ. He laid down his life, the final blood sacrifice that was to free us forever and to enter into the Holy of Holies, to have a personal relationship with God the Father, Jesus Christ his Son and the Holy Spirit. But how often does the birds of prey come and try to snatch away our joy, our hope, and even our family. So remember what Abram did. It says in the scripture, he drove them away. It's so easy to come together as family and celebrate communion, celebrate with our Lord and our family. 
And then we walk away feeling depressed and fearful for what we're facing in today's world. We are, in doing that, allowing the birds of prey to come and steal the power of Jesus' sacrifice for us on the cross. Jesus saved us from eternal punishment in hell and he has set us free from the bondage of sin. He has healed us. He leads and guides us. He has relationship with us. Most importantly, he loves us. Now that needs protecting. We need to drive away the fowls of the air with the full authority that Jesus gave to us. And we need to stand against division and segregation and not allow the world to steal our joy for it has been sealed by the Holy Spirit. So as we come today and we share communion with our family and our extended church family, we take into ourselves not only the body and the blood of Christ, but we take in the authority that he gave us to devour the enemy and to rise up and to say no to the ways of the world and yes to Jesus. So our points are on the corners of the room. Let's come and uh, take our elements. And as you do that, I'm just going to pray. So please come. Father, we thank you that through Jesus' death on the cross, you gave us full authority to overcome the works of the enemy. Lord, you've given us power and authority to be able to take a stand and say, thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed so freely that we have the victory. Greater things can we do because we believe and you have given us that authority. So we thank you today. We thank you for that sacrifice. And we also thank you that we have the power in Jesus to overcome. We give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. I'd just like to read from Ephesians chapter 3, the middle of the book of Ephesians, that, uh, the letter that Paul wrote. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height and width and to know the love of Christ. If we see a box like the one under the chair there, it's got a height, a width and a length. But where's the breadth? Paul asks us to consider four dimensions of the love of Christ. Isn't that interesting? When you see something that has three dimensions, that's the three-dimensional world. That's the world we touch, feel, know and wander in. But Paul asks us to consider the love of Christ in four dimensions. I find that very, very interesting. He also says that you may have strength to comprehend. Not just know about. It's not just wisdom. It's not knowledge. It's comprehension. 
That's a more um, stronger word, isn't it? To know the comprehension of the Spirit of God. And it's not just by ourselves, it's with all the saints. What is the breadth, length, height and width? And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that we can be filled with the fullness of God. Amen. It's because you can't fully know the love of God without one another. That's part of it, isn't it? Amen. Hey, we've got a couple of great people that are going to share this morning. We've got Nick and we've got Liz that are going to share today. Are we excited about that? It's good. Just a couple of quick, quick announcements first. Um... I just wanted to say, you know, like, I remember I was just thinking in worship before that our, the Lord was reminding me of, you know, back a while ago now, in the, in the 90s, in the 90s, you know, I said a little prayer, actually we said a little prayer as a husband and wife, and we said, Lord, there has to be more than what we're currently experiencing in our relationship with you. Lord, we need you more. Or something along that way. Lord, you know, we, yeah, we need you more. We need more of you, Jesus, in our lives. That was a simple prayer. Hey, do you, you know, God honors those prayers. God moves when you begin to pray those things. But, you know, there's also some times when we need to partner with him. And I really feel that we're in a time of distraction and we need to make sure we put aside every distraction. And whether that's, you know, even on Sundays, you know, your mobile phone can be a distraction. Do you come here to worship or, you, or, or are you on your mobile phone? You know, all kinds of things can be a distraction. And I just want to encourage you to keep pressing into Him more. I want to encourage you to look to Him more. I want to encourage you to be open to Him more. Amen. We have, uh... Amen. God is an awesome God. Good morning, everybody. Got my shirt on this morning because I'm up front. Even wearing shoes. Is Rod here? He always gives me a hard time about wearing thongs to church. So. Um, I just um, I want to share this morning about something that the Lord's been taking me through. Um, hopefully I can get it across and you get something from it and He is glorified. Um, and I've been struggling to put words to it, but I think I have in this last week in preparing for this. Um, I want to speak to you about abiding in the Lord and Him abiding in us um, and what that means and what that looks like and how we can take practical steps to do that in all things all day. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to John chapter 15, we were reading the first portion and if you just stay in John 15, 
and then I'll skip around but I'm always going to come back to this passage and just expand on it a little bit more. I'll just pray first. Father, I just ask that you will speak through me this morning. I know that you've been speaking to me about this on and off for months now and I just ask that I'll be able to verbalise it um, so that other people can get something from it and that you will be glorified in all things. Amen. So I'm just going to read John 15, 1 to 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, that they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Um, So what does it mean to abide? Because it says the word abide, I should have counted actually, um, so many times throughout that passage. Um, And I just want to start with the first few verses, um, one, two, three, I think. So we'll read them again. I'm the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So I want to focus on that. Um, The pruning of of the branch that bears fruits, and that you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So for me, this is speaking to a believer. So to abide in the Lord, you must first believe in the Lord. He is the Lord of your life um, and you have salvation. Um, The fact that you're already clean reminds me of a couple of chapters earlier in John um, where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet and Peter's like, no way, you can't wash my feet. And then Jesus says, "Um, if I do not wash you, you have no part in me. And then Simon's like, wash me completely, dunk me. But then Jesus said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not of all of you. Obviously speaking about Judas. Um, But this has been a journey of pruning and washing that the Lord's been taking me on. When we first believe, we are freed from sin and we are completely forgiven. But that doesn't mean we're still not human and we still don't make mistakes. Um, The Lord's just been taking me of this journey of um, leading me through these little things in my life that I'm still hanging on to. Um, Where I spend my time, where I put my attention, how I speak, what I watch, what I listen to. And that has been the first part of abiding for me is listening to that voice, allowing him to prune And take away those little small things like maybe just what I do when I first wake up or uh, what I do to rest when I get home. Do I sit in front of the TV and mindly watch something 
or do I rest in the Lord and just, and just let him fill me? Um, the second part I want to read is 4 through 6. Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So that again, um, two little parts there that stand out. Um, Unless you abide in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me, and also without me you can do nothing. Um, Just remembering how Jesus lived on the earth that he did nothing of his own accord, that it was always in step with what the Father was doing. Um, Because he came from this place of spending so much time with the Lord and when he would go away to the wilderness and no one knew where he was, that he just had this relationship with the Father that in every step he knew what to say, he knew what to do um, because apart from the Father he could do nothing. So would we be the same? Would we not be able to speak to our neighbour without first, you know, saying, you know, what is the Lord saying here? Would we listen to that small voice saying, go here and do this? Um, And then I want to read uh, 7 through 8. If you abide in me and my words in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Um... And often we think this, this little passage here is about getting what you desire. Um, you know, and it's about you. Um, but I just want to go through to Joshua chapter 1 to 8 and just have a bit of a focus um, on the fact that his word would abide in us. Um, so I'm going to read Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do all according do sorry, and do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So what he's been really impressing on me is how much do I value this? How much time do I spend in his word? There's no way we can abide in the Lord and know what the Father is doing without first knowing what the word says and have that written on our hearts and our minds um, meditate on it day and night and so I also want to read th- Psalm 37 3 to 7 trust in the Lord and do good dwell in the lands and feed on his faithfulness delight yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and he, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. So the desires of our hearts when we are in the flesh are fleshly things and worldly things that are, are not good. Um, but as we, as we take on 
Christ as our Lord, then the desires of our heart become good things. As we trust in the Lord, as we delight ourselves, commit ourselves, and as we rest in Him in the secret place, then the desires of our heart is actually just Him. Um, so yeah, so too, for me, He's been taking me on this journey of abiding, going deeper in Him. Obviously, I believe that Jesus is Lord and I've been washed clean from sin and I am saved in Him, but He's been taking me on a journey and I would, I would hope that you would ask Him that if there's anything else that you need, just wash the dust off your feet or just to prune you of maybe things that were good in a past season but need to be taken away from in a new season um, so that you are doing exactly what he has for you um, and that you would delight yourself in him, that the joy of your day is spending time with him, spending time in the word so that no matter what trials and challenges come day to day, because you abide in him, because you have pleasure in him, there will be nothing that can shake you. One of my favorite verses, um, Psalm, or Proverbs, Proverbs 16, Psalm. I want to get it right. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Yeah, so, yeah, my prayer for you guys this week and for myself because I'm still on this journey is that we would set our eyes on the Lord always um, and that we would not be shaken from our faith but just made stronger. Thank you. It's really uh, the journey we've all been on. It's uh, God wants us to mature. He wants mature sons and daughters. It's what he's after. And the season changed and he said, righto, we've got to grow up. That's what he said. So all those little things that we all got away with prior to this season, no more. And um, Nick's answering that call. And so are you. If you're still here, still coming to church, smiling most of the time, then you are also answering the call to maturity. And as you do that, and God gets things right in your heart, authority is rising in you. And with that authority comes a pushing back of darkness that has stood for a long time. And the church will rise. It is rising and it will take in the spirit realm, it will take the governing power and things will fall that have not fall, fallen for a long time. Yeah. But you are the temple. So it doesn't matter whatever we have to do, whether we move, whether we stay. You are the temple. I am the temple. The glory rests in us. Righto, I had uh, just a short little message uh, it's a Christmas message, actually. Uh, Luke 2. Uh, 
Jesus just brought it to me. I always ask him, what do you want me to share? And um, he's been very good to me. Always gives me something. Uh, we're in Bethlehem. Uh, Mary and Joseph. Jesus has just been born. That's where we're going to on, I believe it's Saturday. Celebrating Christmas with family. Sometimes it is not an easy time. But keep putting your hand out. They are coming in. Keep forgiving, keep releasing, keep blessing, and they will come in to the love of God. All right, we've got Jesus has just been born and we've got shepherds out, out in a nearby field. I'm reading, uh, reading from Luke 2, 8. Now there were in the same country, Bethlehem, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Shepherds were the lowest, lowest of the low profession in that day. And they're out there in the night. Uh, they're out working at night. You've got to know that it may be night for you. You may come through a night season, but God knows where you are. And he will speak to the lowest of the low in the shepherds, and he will speak to the highest of the high in the wise men. He's no respecter. Money doesn't impress him, power does not impress him, titles does not impress him, hearts impress him. So we have shepherds in the flock by night and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were greatly afraid. That's a good afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. I want to say to you that that word went out 2,000 years ago, and I hear it again. I hear it again, the Lord saying to his people, do not be afraid. For these days that I'm bringing to you, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I don't know what you're listening to, but I'm hearing the Father say, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy. And it will be for all. It will be for the saved and the unsaved. Good tidings of joy are coming to families. This Christmas, I believe, this Christmas season, God would say to you, uh, do not fear. Do not fear. Good news is being released into your families, good news is being released into your businesses, into every avenue of life. There is, I believe, an overturning. When I ask the Lord what is going on and I hear different reports, some great, some terrible, all I hear is overturning, overturning. I hear the Lord saying there is an overturning happening and it will come to pass and night, night will turn today. And there will be such an overturning that there will be rejoicing in the streets. I believe God is doing an amazing turnaround. And if we will hold to him and hold to his word and hold to his goodness and his faithfulness to us, then he will do what, he, what we think he cannot do. He will do it. For the scripture is clear. What the enemy meant for evil, God is turning for good. That is a true word. All things work together for good for those who love God. All things, even what is going on in this day, 
that comes under all things will work together for good. For those who love God, you love God. You are coming into his purposes. You are coming into alignment with his timetable. So he will make all things work together for good for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 stands. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And I would say to you that God's word is stronger than any words that the media is pumping out, any mandates that are being said, anything that has been coming to the natural world. I declare to you that God is bigger and he uh, is, is on the move and he is overturning. And when fear tries to grab your heart, speak that out. There is an overturning coming. There is an overturning coming and it's coming for my good. It's coming for the good of my family. Don't, don't let that fear grab you. Just push it back and say, no, I will, not, I will not enter into what is going on in the natural. I belong in the spirit world. I have an authority that God gave me to push back darkness like nothing else. And if you will do that, you will find you will be untouched. There's like a bubble that comes around you of his presence and it doesn't touch you so much. And you can start to speak back. And you start to push back in your life, in your family, in your workplace. And you'll find that fear starts to drop from your life. A fear of God starts to rise up in you. And I believe in these days, the good news he is speaking of are new pathways he's opening. New doorways, new opportunities. There is a new day dawning. And I declare that over you. A newness of life. I declare new doors. I declare new provision. I declare a newness of life that is coming from heaven to the earth. The enemy has no hold on it. He cannot stop it. In the name of Jesus, where there's been uh, things come into your life to pull you down, I say no more in Jesus' name. I say the blood covers you, covers your family this Christmas. This is going to be a good Christmas for you. It's going to be a turnaround Christmas for you. And new life is going to flood, start to flow to you and your family in Jesus' name. I declare for you beauty for ashes. I declare for you the oil of joy for mourning. I declare the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I believe that God will fulfill what he has spoken in your life. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He will do it. He's a good God. And uh, what, did the, what did the shepherds do? Let's have a little look. I've been blown away here. Hang on a minute. Just, just, I know it's uh, Luke 2, we're already in Mark, righto. The shepherds got up and they wanted to see if the word of the Lord was true. What they did experience was true. And I would say to you, God is going to give you signs. He's going to start to show you through dreams, through things on the earth, maybe a billboard, Maybe a movie, maybe someone speaking to you. God is going to show you the way to go in this season, just as he did the shepherds. They arose and they went. It says in verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they said to one another, the shepherds, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that the Lord what the Lord has done and see it come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. 
I believe that there are signposts now that God is going to give to us as his people. And that as we seek him, as we abide in him, as we continue to just let things drop from our life, there is a closeness now coming uh, to the Most High God and he is honouring your faith. He is honouring your seeking him. He is honouring your, your stand for him and he will not disappoint you. Dreams will be released. Signposts will point the way. He will do what he said he will do. And I believe the turning, the overturning is in the, in the move. It's in the way. It's coming to the earth. I believe um, hearing about uh, Christians in the US have been going after the Roe vs. Wade. It's the abortion bill. Uh, they've continued to want that overturned and it's been nearly 50 years. I counted it up, 49 years. And it just went to the Supreme High Court. And Christians over there were praying as they do. And they've been going for 50 years now to overturn this thing. And this is the one. I believe it will turn. And that is a spirit of death over that nation that will break. In the next couple of months, we will know. Once that happens, the nations of the world will turn. This is a historic time. It's, it's, uh, the things going on are, are monumental. This has never happened before, the things we have gone through. And God knows and he's using it to shake, to shake, to shake so that what remains he can build on and he will build for the generations to come. He will build something glorious that you and I will be a part of and we will leave it to our children and our children's children. And songs will be sung about this time where you stood in difficult times and where you loved God when it was very hard and when you forgave and you didn't let bitterness get into your heart. These are days that you will be remembered as heroes of the faith and it will be glorious. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you that the overturning that I am hearing is a reality in your life, in your business, that good news starts to dwell, starts to flow through your family. Good news starts to flow through your business. Good news starts to flow everywhere you go. You are a bringer of good news. I declare that over you. Good tidings. I declare peace to you. Peace to your household. Peace to your Christmas lunch. Peace to your family line. I take authority over darkness and I say no more. No more. The people of God are arising and they shall overcome. I speak blessing to you, blessing to your family, to your, to your businesses, to your incomes. Let new doors arise. If you have been um, shafted in this time, let new doors open to you that will bring better blessing. And let God's goodness and grace rest on you this Christmas season in Jesus' name. Hey, we just want to encourage you through the words that have been given today. Firstly, to keep looking at Jesus, amen? Abide in Him, remain in Him. There are times that He uses things in life to prune us, absolutely, refine us. But you've got to keep your eyes upon Jesus. 
Yeah. So keep saying, Lord, have your way in me. Because he's looking for a people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And those that worship him in spirit and truth, circumstances don't dictate to them. Because their focus is on Jesus in the midst of the storm. When the waves and the wind are bashing around, there's peace. That's why Jesus could sleep in the boat when the disciples were fearful of their life. Because he knew that God, that Father God had a plan and a purpose for him that were not fulfilled. And I felt in my spirit today, then as Liz was sharing, just to encourage you, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life that is yet to be fulfilled. So do not be concerned about the waves and the wind. Do not be concerned about the things. But know this, that Jesus, you know, as He, as he was asleep in the boat and he, um, as He arrested, He had such peace that He just says, come and abide in me and I will give you that same peace. Oh. Yep. So let's worship. This is a great song. I always love it when we just stand really close to each other. No, someone doesn't know. Currently doesn't like that. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well with my soul. So let's not just sing a song, hey. Let's worship Him. Oh, through it all. Through it all. Through it all, our eyes are on you. Through it all.